Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text-confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. I like the randomness. Hey, it's uh, Wednesday already. Trump Day, May 2nd. You survived uh, commie day yesterday. It's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Thank you for hanging out. Now, there are three things I think you need to know, which, by the way, they tried to co-op yesterday at the uh, GOP debate that I moderated. The guy, the guy, what? Frank, who uh, runs the uh, the Tea Party, Pima Tea Party Patriots, told them, you know, all right, we have some things to go over. Three things that I think you need to know. <laughs> I guess pretty good. I like that. I like it a lot. Now, don't do that. Anyway. Um, we have a copyright on that, don't oh, we? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Frank goes his lunch. Well, there you go. Oh, you and your... Three things I think you need to... Yeah, I know. I'm, a, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, the Red for Ed leadership people... Uh, I told the teachers yesterday, all right, go back to school Thursday. Go back to your job. Go back to your wife and kids. Go back to your job. But only if the lawmakers pass the budget. We got some things, not everything. Go back. They got to, depending on what they do on Wednesday, get ready to go back on Thursday. So I guess they're all confident that everything's going to happen. And that's just, that's what it's going to be. So uh, watch out for that. Uh, Second thing that I think you need to know is that the school board, the TUSD school board, voted to close all of their schools but give the superintendent the power to open them back up again depending on when the strike ends. And every every major school district has different details, right, different ideas um, as to uh, when things are going to open. And be there, Amphi, I believe, is going to open up on Thursday. Uh, Marana, aren't they back? Uh, they're back Thursday as well, you said, right? Supposedly. Supposedly. So just it depends on the school district. There's all They're, they're not really sure what's going to happen. Uh, and Vail, again, is open. But I got reports at Vail. I mean, it, there were non-teachers just kind of babysitting the kids. There wasn't really much of a point of going to school yesterday is what I've was, what i what I've been told by Vail parents. Anyway, so that's what's going on there. Um, and the third thing, oh, com- but combo on that, there's a new group out there called Purple for Parents where they're basically giving a voice to teachers that don't agree with this, parents that are frustrated and, and that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll get into that as well. Uh, third thing. That I think you need to know is that uh, apparently Mueller, Bob Mueller, this is coming out now, warned he may subpoena President Trump. He told the President Trump's uh, President Trump's lawyer back uh, this back in March, and this is the lawyer that quit. But apparently, uh, according to the Washington Post, Mueller said if Trump doesn't uh, want to join me for an interview, I can subpoena him to appear before a grand jury according to four people familiar with the account. Excuse me? So that apparently set off Trump's lawyer at the time, who has since quit, John Dowd. John said, quote, according to multiple people, this isn't some game. You are screwing with the work of the President of the United States. Three things I think you need to know. So that's kind of crazy. And, you know, again, just before we get to the, the school stuff, that that's what's frustrating is that we sit back and we see some... 
some complete mm, named Hillary Clinton, who we know has done so many illegal things and pay to play and stuff like that and emails gone, lying, this, that, corrupt as the day is long. It is not illegal to be corrupt. Is it illegal to be corrupt? Yeah, I guess you have corruption charges. Anyway, we know that she has done everything that's wrong, and there's like no investigation into her that we know. He rumored there's something. They're looking into stuff. Nothing to the level of what Trump has gone through over literally nothing with no evidence based on a fake dossier. And we get pissed. Pissed. Just insane. Isn't it just insane? So, um... And then you get this this freaking guy, Mueller, who says, I can subpoena the president. Who the hell? What? Excuse me? Kidding me. Not kidding. This is, this is how ridiculous this is. So anyway, uh, we have that, which is, uh, which is nice. So the latest, by the way, with this school, there's, a lot, there's actually a lot of stuff, man. I mean, it, it's, it's, just, it's like a soap opera that doesn't freaking end. And people are pissed. They've had enough. And you know what you have? You have d- different categories of people. Yeah, people that say these teachers broke a contract, they walked out, fire them. And there's people that say, well, what do you do? We don't have enough teachers as it is. What are you supposed to do? I, I get that. Um, you have some people that are flat out saying, you know what? Give them more money and fund it, fund it, fund it, because they don't even want to actually look at details to find out if funding really makes that much of a difference. We talked about yesterday how the state of New York funds Schools more than any other state, pays teachers more than any other state, and they are well below average when it comes to reading and math. So, which is why I am doing what I'm doing in radio, because I grew up in New York, and, you know, <clears throat> listen, you average everything out. You have Long Island, you have the city. It all comes down to parental involvement. That's what it comes down to, parental involvement. You could have a really good teacher, you could have a bad teacher. I get it. It matters. I had some bad teachers growing up. I did, Mr. Breslau. He was, when I was in sixth grade, he wasn't full changing periods every single period. You, you had like one teacher for three classes, one te- for, teacher for three classes, then other stuff, right? So went back and forth between Mr. Breslau and Mrs. Stryer. And Mr. Breslau apparently on parent teacher night said, you know, I, hey, I'm a good English teacher. It's what I do, do what I've done for a long time. Uh, I don't know why they have me teaching your kids math. I got a 44 on the New York State Regents. <laughs> and that's my parents said, wait. What? Huh? Wait, wait, what? And we know this. So anyway, you have that group of people. Then you have the group of people that say, yeah, you know what? Teachers do deserve more money because we want to make sure we have decent teachers. People shouldn't get chased out of here, but it's more than just money. I mean, pay them a little bit more because they, you know, want to make sure we have people to do the job, right? You get what you pay for. I get it. At the same time, it's the freaking culture. I'll give you an example. Um, We have a friend who, uh, who told us a story about her friend who moved here from Carlsbad, California was a teacher at TUSD, got a job. You know, the pay is the pay. But it's much cheaper to live here than in California. Definitely. She worked here for a year and said, I'm going back to California. She worked at TUSD. She said the conditions were horrible, and it's not just like the buildings falling apart. It's just literally the conditions. Uh, it's the, uh, the students. Uh, it's the, it's the, the lack of discipline coming from home for the students. It's the lack of support from the administration. All this stuff, the principal. I mean, you, who the hell wants to work in those conditions? And then you have people thinking that money's going to fix that. It starts from the top. You ever see the movie? Uh, what was Edward James Almost. Stand and Deliver. Stand and Deliver. 
stand and deliver. Um, I'm money is not going to all of a sudden make the principal, the administration, support teachers that are treated like garbage by students and get no support. Again, nobody wants to work in that, and in this whole farce that it's magically going to change if all of a sudden funding goes back to 2008 levels. That's exactly what it is. It's a friggin' farce. Um, and it's, that's what really is a shame here is that you have these, these teachers' unions that re, they're not looking out. All they care about is the money. They're not looking out for other reasons besides the money. They should, as a union, they should say, we need to have our teachers get support. You never heard that once, did you? I haven't heard it. Nope. Nothing from Joe Thomas, from that commie guy, that Noah Carvalis, nothing. Funding, 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 money, money. It's not about the money. It's all about the students. Funding, funding, money. You know what? And it's okay for teachers to say, I need my conditions to be better. Not just newer books, but I don't want to get punched, spit out. I don't want to have to work and try to teach when I have these disruptive kids and there's nowhere for them to go. And nobody knows what to do because they're so chicken bleep about a lawsuit or this or that. Nope. I support the teachers to the end about that. Listen, I'm not anti-teacher. You might think I am. I'm not happy they walked out when they did. I don't, and I, the reason I'm not happy with the teachers is because, listen, again, you want to get paid more money. That's your personal business. You do what you need to do. I get it. I get it. But they're not talking about not just pay. If they said, you know, we need better pay. We really do. But we also need better support because we can't do our jobs. And you guys... You taxpayers, you parents, you're not going to get better people, more educated people, unless we fix those two problems. You know what? You say that, I gotcha. I gotcha. I'm with you. But these teachers are getting led around by their noses. And that's what pisses us off by these union people, right? That's what it comes down to. And, and we're just sitting back saying... There's more to this problem. I mean, I actually was driving at a parking lot yesterday. And, you know, I'm sure you've seen your share of people putting on the back of their windshield, red for Ed, hashtag red for Ed, blah, 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 right? Um, I should have taken a picture of this. But on the back of somebody's windshield was, money is not going to fix the problem. The problem is the culture in schools. And I'm like, well, yeah, there it is. There it is. And I wish there'd be teachers... That would not get mad at me for this. But again, I and we've had some teachers call in here and say, yeah, you know, like that one lady. Was it last week? And she just said she got stabbed by a kindergartner, yeah. spit at by spit a kindergartner, punched. And I'm like, why aren't you telling the union, I don't want to work in these conditions? You got, I pay you money out of my paycheck every single every single month. Where, Why aren't you standing up for me? I mean, it's all about safety and that kind of stuff. And, and there's nothing. What about the administration, though? They're making great money yeah. up there. And they're supposed to handle these irate parents and kids who are being yes. who, who reach a level of uh, of disruptiveness where the teacher can't handle yeah. it in class anymore. And, and and listen, I get it. Everybody in your own yeah. bubble. You know I do. And you're right about that. He's because he's talking about irate parents. Yeah. Everybody in their own world thinks they have the hardest job of all time. Right? And they deal with the most crap and everything else. I get it. I get it. I really do. Um, however, I know your job is difficult when it comes to that, but so is my job. So is Ryan's job. He has to work with me every day. We have to deal with people and it, it may not be as difficult as yours, but it's still difficult. My wife's job is difficult. Police officers' jobs are difficult. 
you, you name it. You own a business. You run a business. You got to manage a whole bunch of people that work for you. Make sure they don't steal. It's difficult. You got to deal with customers. It's difficult. So all these jobs are difficult. I get it. I get it. Which is why I think that you just got to take a step back and say, let's just fix this problem at the root cause. You can comment, 880-KNST, 880-5678. Yes, Frank, the Tea Party has texted me, and he said it was Danny Morales. It was Danny and Brandy yesterday. Marilyn Wiles dropped out unexpectedly, said right before the uh, debate happened that she's dropping out of the CD2 Republican primary. She's focusing on, she's running for LD10. She wants to clean up this horrendous uh, budget problem, get rid of these big spending Republicans, try to hold Ducey accountable, you name it. So she wants to run for that. She's a sharp lady, by the way. Very sharp lady. So Danny Morales started out in his introductory statement saying there are three things I think you need to know, which is cool. And I, I dig that. I dig that. All right. Uh, we will continue because it's exactly what we do. Uh, do not go anywhere. It is your morning ritual. And you can comment on this. We have given the details about what happened. Um, everything. Everything that happened yesterday. Uh, at at the at at the big uh, day four, they're calling it day four. Is it really just day four? And they walk out on Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I guess it was day four. Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. Hey, day four. Oh my God, you scared me. I thought you could do something else. Of the teacher walk. We'll get to that. Yes. We'll talk about this purple for parents as well. They used words that, of course, people are like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Give me a break. We'll get to all that coming up. KNST AM 792, Tucson's most stimulating talk. 629. Sick. Only if people knew. You just got to watch out for those kinds of things. Only if people knew. Gary Lewis with you. It's true, though. Facebook.com slash Gary Lewis Radio. Like and follow me there because uh, I post stuff. You comment. I I love seeing what, uh, what you write and think. And then on top of that, I'm doing the uh, the Facebook Live now. During the show, I'm going to try to do it afterwards. A very Listen, I got T-ball. I got swimming lessons for my nine-month-old. I got debates to moderate. It's tough to find time. I try to work out, try to stay healthy, try to look good for the ladies. Stop whining. Thank you. 74 will be the, around there will be the high today. Partly cloudy. 54 outside right now. Enjoy it. 79 tomorrow. 101 is what we're looking at on Sunday. Yay. Hang on. A uh, man named Carl is on KNST. Hello, Carl. Hey, Garrett. How are you doing? All right. What's going on? Ooh, I'm a tired man. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so I'm a middle school teacher, and um, usually I agree with everything you say. Not everything, but... <laughs> that would make you crazy if you did that. <laughs> I'm a little crazy. I teach in the middle school. I told you that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I just can't... It, you, don't, you don't have a clue until you're in mm. a room, and with upwards of 32 kids... I'm lucky I don't I don't have a population like that and it's not like elementary school where you have the same kids all day long. Sure. Cuz when you got I got I you change classes. You have a new, five new set. Yeah. Class. And I uh the the screener when he when I called I explained to him I mean it's imagine a room full of Rubik Rubik's cubes. So what am I wrong about when I just you know talk about that money is not going to magically fix the problem? Well, it's the no, culture see, no I, I got you on that, yeah. but you know, you're, you're saying it's difficult. Everybody's job is difficult. But, it is. But like I say, you know, you got your guys you work with, you know them, you can tell when something's not right. Well, like there's a constant conveyor belt of 
kids coming in and out, in and out, in and out. You don't know who broke up with their girlfriend or their boyfriend. You don't know who's affiliated, you know, with some sort of gang. Or eventually you find out that they are. You don't know who... Uh, who's being abused or neglected by a family member? Well, let's not care about the who care who broke up with who. I mean, trust me, every office, every place has its own drama and politics. Yeah, and and let me hang on, hang on a second. Every office has got yeah. adults. You're working with adults. I don't know if that's an actually an accurate statement, to be honest with you. Where, let me tell you something. We, I, you know, here at iHeartMedia in Tucson, I've been here eight years. What are we on now? Six market presidents and six operations managers in eight okay. years. So, for you, you know, we have a revolving door, unfortunately, as well. Um, so I'd say everybody in their own bubble thinks their own job is the worst thing ever. Now, forget about if Chachi loves Joni and stuff like that. The gang members thing is difficult. So then that's why I think teachers need to actually go to the unions and administration and say, we need your help and to figure out a plan to make this a safe work environment. And, and I know it's honestly bet you guys have the only besides police officers where you can't handle that. You can't really do anything about that. You guys are the only ones that are allowed to work in a not, an unsafe environment where you get threatened by students, everything oh, yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. You know, and th- that's not right, and yet no teacher goes to the unit or administration and says, fix it. That's why we you pay know, you. I'm, I'm an anomaly because I'm, not a, I'm a teacher, but I'm not in the union. Okay. And I don't know what kind of, you know. Well, I tell mean, me I then. Could, maybe I could rally my colleagues and say, hey, you guys need to go and do, go, go talk to these people, but. Well, that's the thing. Until they try to do something themselves to fix it, that's where you see all these teachers up there saying, "Give us more money, more money." And I get it, I get it. But then when the, that's not, we know that's not going to fix the problem. Just like we any government situation where they throw money at it, you know, a job training, this it never fixes the problem. And the unfortunate thing is, is the money that is appropriated for for this somehow evaporates or disappears. Yeah. And who so. who does the evaporation? I mean, school districts take it, and they're in charge of making their you know paying their people what they want. And money's supposed to go to salaries. They put other places. So it's like they're holding taxpayers and parents hostage in a way, trying to threaten us with things. We're not going to go back to work. And then at the end of the day, they should be yelling at their administrators and superintendents and school boards. Mm-hmm. So then, okay, let's get down to the brass tacks. How do we make this better? Yeah. How, no, I'm asking you as a teacher. How do we make it better? That's a good question. Um, I honestly don't know. I think maybe maybe you're right. We need, we need to go to the uh, the unions and say, hey, Put the pressure on them. When you have a, a, an unruly kid or family that's not paying attention, well, what do you do? Uh, half the time, you know, parents don't speak English. Uh, most of the time, the parents don't have, um, they have uh, the school phone numbers blocked. Uh, sometimes kids oh, will get a hold God. of their parents' phone number and they'll block the phone number. Um, the kids will intercept, heck, I used to intercept the mail when I was. Yeah, I, I did that for progress report reports. I'm yeah. with on that one. So <laughs> it's like, um, and sometimes parents are just totally, you know, what do you want me to do about it? I have, I've never heard a parent say that, but I've heard colleagues say, you know, mm. this parent is disconnected, you know, they're not. What Have you ever gone to your administration, your principal, and say, listen, I got unruly kids. Do um, they do anything to help? You know what? We do have a, we've got a system. And, you know, you have to follow the rules, and if you don't, if you skip steps, then you have to go back and hit the steps again. What? When you're frustrated, when you're pushed too far, it's like, you know, you want to skip steps in order to move on to the, you know, get the kid out of the room. But you you can't legitimately get the kid out of the room. You know, and, you know, you know the dean of students at every school is... Um, I'm I'm projecting. I'm I'm guessing that every dean across the district is exhausted yeah. because they're dealing with 
you know, because eventually a teacher is going to say, I got to get the kid out of here. I got to get the kid out of here. So they, they skip a couple steps and that adds pressure to the dean of students. It's, um, yeah. Hey, and Carl, then, what, what, what's the most disruptive behavior you see in your classes from students? Um, in my, I'm, I'm, I demand a, a high level of discipline in my class. So the, the worst thing is, is, um, a kid slinging back attitude, you know, I ask them to do something, they're like, mm, 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 you know, they do that. But I, I mean, you can walk down the hallway and hear, um, you know, kids, you know, shouting across the rooms, cussing. The, uh, every every teacher in the school would, you know, would be overwhelmed with joy if uh, you, you didn't hear anybody, you know, swearing. But Can you guys nowadays just give detention like they did back in my day in the 90s? Uh, the thing is, is teachers... Um, the, there's there's no how do you say it? It's up to the teacher to not only give the detention, but they have to carry the detention out. So they have to be the ones after school sitting so, there with the kid. Well, there's nothing after school. Kids yeah. have to be you know they have to get on the bus and they have to take off. So before school, the kids are bussed in. They get off the bus and then they wait. Um, the thing is lunch detention, but. Uh, teacher gives sacrifices their lunch. So there's there's literally, so maybe that's what it comes down to. you got to have the principal, vice principals, administration, well, have people thing, to sit in a room with these troublemakers. And the thing is, is the, the principals, um, there's a, they have a whole different, and I'm not, I'm not knocking them at all, they have a whole different set of rules. Uh, I remember suggesting that a group of teachers um, administer lunch detention, and it was like the administrator I was talking to, they were like, oh, my God. You know, they didn't say it, but they were like, <sighs> finally somebody, I guess they cannot suggest to us because of a contract or something like that, they can't suggest to us that we give up our time to mm. man uh, a detention-type scenario. I got gotcha. you. So gotcha. it's like, you know, they, but her, their eyes opened up, and I, and almost, I, I literally kind of did a half step back in a stagger and i'm like oh oh i discovered something <laughs> and they can't it's it seems to me that they can't even they can't even broach a subject so right. it's a matter of the teachers getting together realizing there's a problem and then saying yes i will sacrifice a lunch period so many days a week or so many days a month so it's like it's so, okay, and listen, you've opened our eyes to this, and I want to thank you. I'm just running short on time, Carl, and I really appreciate it. I want more teachers to call in and share these stories because we don't hear them. Granted, I have my take on this, on what Carl said as well, because I think it's a lot different now than it was 20, how old am I? 20, geez, I graduated high school 23 years ago. I can't believe I'm old enough to say that. Uh, anyway, we'll get Come to on. that coming up, and I want more teachers to say this too because I want to hear these nightmarish stories. If the worst thing is attitude and cursing, that happened in my day too, and I went to a pretty good school. I think it's the discipline issue. Anyway, we'll get to that coming up. Here's Fox. How can a guy that's, well, let's just say he's not six feet tall have an ego that big? One word, stimulation. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Hi, right, 645. Thanks for hanging out. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, teachers are going to go back to school, according to the Red Fred and the union leaders, Thursday, as long as the lawmakers pass the budget today. We'll see what happens. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know, there has been a group uh, started called Purple for Parents, might be too little too late, where it's for parents that are frustrated, teachers that don't agree with what's happening, and more. We'll get to that as well. Third thing I think you need to know uh, is that uh, Robert Mueller has warned Trump, apparently, this is in Washington Post, 
he warned at Trump's lawyer at the time that if Trump doesn't do a uh, uh, answer my questions and sit down to interview with me, I may subpoena him to a grand jury, which is, are you kidding me right now? Three things I think you need to know. Quickly, uh, Carl had some more things to say. He told Ryan, Ryan's make, Ryan gave me the heads up. Carl, what other problems? Because we need to hear some of these big, big, big problems to solve this stuff, besides cursing and attitude. That's teenagers. Go ahead. Right, right. You know, yeah, when you signed off the last uh, this last session, I was like, well, wait a minute. Um, so it's not as easy as just that. So um, we there there are drugs on campus. Kids are going out um, during lunch, coming back stoned out of their gourd. Um, that happened when I was in high school also. Well, I'm talking middle school here. Okay, also. well, that's... And, you know, kids are getting caught with enough drugs on them to get arrested, enough to say, okay, you are dealing. So let me ask you um, this then. Does your principal know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and, I mean, we, we've, we, we deal with it. We deal with it when it happens. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's kids doing uh, sex acts on each other in the hallway because there's not enough people well, monitoring the hallway. Well, let me hang on. Let's stick with the drugs first. Sure. What's the plan? Like, what's the plan to try to stop this? What's the plan when you guys come up with this? Are you guys in a safe environment? Or are you not in a safe environment? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, define safe environment. Uh, we, where, where you don't feel like you're going to get attacked. You know, well, we're in the middle of blood's territory. Okay, uh, I had a young lady. She's the sweetest thing that I could, you know, you could imagine. And uh, she got nailed with having a knife in her in her purse. And I was talking to some other students. Like, I can't believe that she wound up with a knife in her purse. I don't get it. And another student said, well, mister, we, we ride the bus. And she's talking the city bus. And I'm like, oh, dang. So it's bigger. It's bigger than just the schools. Mm. It's the community. Yep. And I, you, you hit on that, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. uh, So it, it goes out bigger. So in order to defend yourself, protect yourself getting home or getting to school, you have to have something. It's a big deal. Something. And then when you get in the classroom, I mean, I had a kid in front of me um, burst into tears because another kid in the room um, – was given the business and uh, getting, you know, apparently he was threatening him uh, that he was going to get jumped. And, he, and, the, and the kid that was almost in tears was explaining, you know, basically he didn't do anything. He didn't say anything. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know the backstory, But, you know, I mean, the kids, we got fist fights going on. Things are getting better. I'm going to tell you that. I will tell you that. So but, is, is there an easy, I mean, what is the process then? If you hear that some kid's getting threatened to beat up, what can you do to the kid that's Threatening to beat them up. Can anything well, be done, or are you guys stop? Protocol stopped? is you contact the higher ups. You know, if, I mean, if something's going on in the classroom, I'll, I'll intercede. Yeah, the I can make yeah. contact, get a monitor. But you know, there's there's only so many monitors, and you know, there's so many classrooms where there's potential stuff going on. They might be on the other side of the building and and dealing with uh, something smaller or something bigger than that so, so that's what I'm, i guess i'm saying and this is not an easy situation but these are the things that need to be need to be brought up because if you try to get these things fixed i think teachers will do a better job because oh, yeah. it'll be easier for you to teach and that's why nobody's bringing this up up in phoenix at these you know or in downtown tucson where they're out there screaming in their red shirts yeah I'm and that's not, such a I, crime I, I, man that's and i'm not blaming you for that but i'm saying that's just that's just a crime that that's the whole point of trying to yeah. make education better and make schools better when you have a crowd of people, you got a slogan, and it gets slung yeah. out a bunch of times. But it's you know, it's like to sit down and say, "Hey, this these are specific issues." You know, I'm 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 not even a good soldier. I'm just a soldier. I'm not a good soldier, and I'm I mean, I I'm not going to work my way up to the top and sit down with the people and say, "Look, this is what needs to happen." No, but they but they should know. 
They yeah, should, they should, you know, they and, and I, but we need people like you to expose these things, to talk about this so it can start to get tackled because most people don't know that this is happening. And that's why there are some smart people, whether it's the sheriff's department, whether it's Tucson police, whether it's whatever, you know, it needs to be a safe environment for you guys to teach and for kids to learn. And until that changes, you know, not, there isn't enough money in the world that's going to make a difference. Right. Yeah. You know, that's that's just my take on it. So, listen, man, thank you for, for telling hey, me those stories. I appreciate it. Thank you, too. Thanks for what you're doing. You got a call. Take care, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See, people think I hate teachers. I don't hate teachers. I mean, we teachers need to say this stuff. And I know that's what I'm asking you. How many teachers have actually said that that are up there? All you hear about is, I got a book that says Bush is president. This is the problem with education. This is it. And there's always been bad parents. Is it getting worse now? I don't know. It seems that way because we hear about it more often. You keep saying parents. Or parents. Yeah, then that's, there you go. And not it, even it's, that. It's he was telling me he has mm. a couple of kids that their, their parents are on the East Coast, and they're here with, with like the grandmother or the aunt. Or yeah, something. well, they got... And how much do they really care? Right, well, how much can they really do? Hopefully they do. But, I mean, this is the stuff that needs to be talked about. This is, this, this is the problem. Do you want to improve education? We got to eat bad apples, man. And I know, it, you know these, these schools are... A, this is why I got to get rid of the Department of Education because they want butts and seats so they get money from Washington, D.C. And that's a bunch of garbage. That's a bunch of garbage. And shame on the principals and shame on the teachers and shame on the Arizona Education United, whatever the hell they are, the, uh, the, the Red for Ed maniacs that, that are literally ignoring this. And honestly, there should be teachers that are pissed off, pissed off that the main reasons why there are problems in education are not being talked about and not being, uh, not being brought up, not being solved and anyway it's just money 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 and that's that's just wrong that's just wrong and that's why people are frustrated we're not i'm not mad at teachers i'm mad at teachers that are ignoring the real problems for selfish reasons i think everybody should get paid more don't get me wrong but that's not going to make it better and that's my point let's solve the freaking problem we'll continue your reaction i want more teachers to talk as well 880-KNST, 880-5678. We'll continue. It's KNST. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BANK to 200-200. Yes, hello. It's 708. It is your morning ritual. With me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM 790. Tucson's most stimulating talk. There are three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, the Red for Ed uh, people in the teachers' union, they said, listen, as long as the lawmakers pass the budget, which is today, get back to work for Thursday. So we will see what happens there. We will see what happens there. TUSD voted last night to say we're going to close the schools, but leave it up to the superintendent. If all of a sudden everything ends and teachers are back, they'll start school again. And just check with your own school district because it's all over the place what they're doing. Uh, when it comes to opening and closing, and that's just the way it is. Second thing that I think you need to know, there is a new group that has started called Purple for Parents, where it's uh, parents that are upset and frustrated, even teachers that didn't want this to happen upset and frustrated. Uh, and now, I mean, I even have a, a screenshot of a, a teacher who said that she is going to fail any student that wears purple, a teacher up in Gilbert. I mean, any student that wears purple, going to fail. I mean, I doubt she will, but she wrote that anyway. That's just not right. Third thing I think you need to know is that uh, Bob Mueller, according to the Washington Post, back in March told uh, Trump's attorney, listen, if the president doesn't sit down with us and do an interview, uh, I might subpoena him to a grand jury, which is unbelievable. And that's when the lawyer got mad for Trump. Uh, John Downey said, you are screwing with the president of the United States of America. 
So uh, this is just going, this is getting crazy. Three things I think you need to know. Now, um, we'll find out if they're going to, uh, if lawmakers are going to pass this. I assume they are, which is why the Red for Red people and the the teachers unions and everybody said, hey, go back, go back to, uh, go back to work on Thursday. Everything should be okay. And we'll go from there. Um, but I tell you what, I, you know, I think we're onto something here and I think we could find some common ground. Uh, but I, I, as a taxpayer, I'm frustrated. And uh, I contacted uh, um, Ralph Quintana, and he's up at the state capitol. Uh, American Federation of Teachers, he's the Arizona chapter president. Am I right about that, Ralph? You're the Arizona chapter president? That is correct. Okay, I cool. Am Arizona Federation teachers president here in Arizona. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, and he's up at the state capitol. Uh, people, are, the, are people getting up there right about now? Or is it starting yeah, to get busy? Um, mo- most of us um, are. It looks like there's probably a couple hundred people here already, and it's only seven. I got you. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I tell you what. Um, I mean, my listeners have been pretty uh, upset with the teachers. I've been pretty upset with the teachers that they walked out at this particular time. I do think teachers do need to get paid more, but we always sit back and say, where's, you know, how do we know things are going to get better? But one thing that has not been addressed, and I really want to stick to this with you, is that I have teachers call the show. It's been, you know, a week now. And uh, one thing that a lot of teachers say is that the conditions are terrible. And I'm not just talking about walls falling down and bathrooms not working. I'm talking about teachers that say, I feel like, you know, I'm getting, I'm threatened. I had a kindergarten teacher call up and she said she was stabbed by a student, a kindergartner with a pencil, spit at, punched in the stomach by one. I had a teacher call up the last hour talking about how uh, there are, you know, the, the kids, you know, come in stoned. There's drugs. We don't know if a kid's a gang member, if they're not a gang member. And you guys can ask for as much money as you want and pay teachers, but nobody wants to work in those kinds of conditions. So why isn't that being talked about? Because, you know, if you fix those kinds of conditions, wouldn't that improve education because teachers could do their jobs without having to be fearful and you get the disruptive students out of there? You're exactly right. Unfortunately, um, when you have a very young um, teacher that doesn't understand what's going on behind the scenes, both at why we don't have the funding to deal with those kind of things, then the messaging comes out incorrectly. You've seen a push lately the last couple of days to actually get the messaging back to what it should be. So you as the public actually understand why the heck things like that are happening. For example, you have the classroom site fund. That's about $250 million a year we used to get that we're not getting anymore. So that's your maintenance and uh, building of new buildings within the school district. That's why you have to go out for bonds all the time now is because the state's not giving us that money. Yeah, but let's stick with the, the idea that teachers are not in a safe environment. And, you know, teachers tell me, there's nothing that we can do. We have to go through some kind of a protocol, and we can't get the disruptive students out of there. So well, I never hear union guys, you know, up at the Capitol fighting for that for safer working conditions. That goes to the funding that's go- that was uh, designed for gifted PE special or special needs students and students that fit into that category of chronically misbehaving students. When they cut the, started cutting the budget, it also affected that area. So the special programs that we used to have for alternative placement for kids with conduct disorder, ADHD, um, ED, emotionally disturbed students that fall within the special ed spectrum, the funding for that went. So the truth of the matter is they just don't have anywhere to put them. And a lot of the programs that were designed to meet the needs of those kids don't exist anymore. Then the state really got smart, and they did something called the, the daily attendance rate. So if a child's not in the school, you don't receive money for them. So a lot of districts that are requiring or are worried about daily funding, 
don't want to suspend these kids, and then now we have a program where you don't have a program to send them to, so you won't get money for them. So what that does for a district is oftentimes what we're seeing throughout the state is they either do nothing and put the child back in with a thank you or I'm a sorry and here's a starburst and you can go back to class, or they suspend them and it's just a chronic, it's just like a, a cycling suspend, suspend, suspend. And then oftentimes the child comes back worse than before we suspended them. So, but that's why, and you're exactly right, it's happening all over the state. We actually have legislation called SB 1219. It was actually carried by a Republican. Um, uh, Kate Brophy McGee actually carried it for us. That's trying to deal with the chronically misbehaving child, specifically the the bullies too. Yeah. So we can actually try to change their behavior. It just didn't get out of committee. So um, we do recognize that within the Arizona Federation of Teachers, that it is a severe problem with uh, for our teachers. The higher the grades you go, the worse the problem is. But um, for some reason, it's just not being um, widely supported. You know, and, and by the way, you're listening to uh, Ralph Quintana. He is the uh, president of the Arizona Federation for Teachers here on KNST AM 790. He's up at the state capitol. Um, I think this is the biggest thing. Uh, you know, I, listen, again, I, I think teachers should get paid more money. Uh, I don't think all of a sudden throwing money at teachers is going to make them better teachers, get us better results, because we have to get to the root cause. So do you think that is a big problem? Is, is you know, the reason that we aren't having kids come out better educated? Teachers wanting to get out of the profession besides not making enough money in their minds. It's just not safe, and they're frustrated because they can't do what they really want to do. I, I would say you're exactly right. We started to, don't get me wrong, salary is one of it, but we, you look at what happened this year. We had 2,000 teacher shortage to start the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and we've lost over 900 teachers since the beginning of the school year. So obviously it has something to do more than just the pay because we can, we're attracting them, but we're actually losing them at the same time faster than we can attract them. So when you're asking me what type of things contribute to that, classroom management or um, unruly students is definitely on the top three. Lack of resources is the other one as far as being able to meet our needs and huge class sizes which are contributing to uh, um, the need for both those things. They need more teachers. Another yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, we just don't, we don't have enough teachers. We're losing our teachers because of the behavior of the kids and not having enough resources. So if we don't deal with that, all three things at the same time, what you're going to continue to see is a worsening of the program. And then you and the public keep going, hey, but we fixed this. We passed three, Prop 301. We passed Prop 123. But the messaging is off. So because of that, you don't really understand why teachers are leaving, and that's partly our fault for not making sure you do. Yeah, that, that, okay. because that's the thing. I mean, I'm driving around Tucson, and there are teachers on streets and on street corners, and they're just, you know, we want funding, we want money, we want funding, and I'm thinking, that's not going to fix this. So what is the union doing then? Because I guess here's the problem. is it, it seems like the union isn't standing up for teachers when teachers are getting attacked. There, You guys are not, you know, you guys should be out in front demanding superintendents, school boards, uh, principals to support teachers. I mean, it's like there's this whole giant legal checklist that they have to do. I there, there's know. actually a state law. Okay. It's called ARS 15841 okay. that allows a teacher to permanently remove a child from the classroom or to refuse entry to the child to the classroom would be a better way of describing it. Okay. So then that way um, they have to go to uh, a hearing. That's what our legislation actually deals with, is trying to um, uh, um, refine that process, make it a little bit better, give the power back to the teachers to do exactly that. Because oftentimes, 
people don't understand with the teacher shortage, you also have a qualified administrator shortage as well. So it's just, it's watered down the quality of our educators in Arizona. And oftentimes you either have teachers or administrators that simply don't know how to deal with this unruly child. They Mm -hmm. don't know what resources they have. So we've, uh, our legislation actually gives the power back to a team of teachers, two teachers, one administrator, to decide whether that child comes back in. And if they do go back in, what what type of uh, protections and what type of interventions are going to be put in place for that child? And that's up to the so, teacher because the, the, would that teacher be overruled by the principal who wants the butt in the seat to make sure he can get funding? Well, but that's what I mean, though. Yeah. It would be two teachers and only one principal. Okay. So that And the teachers that are on that committee would be elected by those teachers. So it gives those teachers on that campus a little element of control to say, no, this child doesn't belong here. I know you want funding, but this child needs to be in our alternative placement program because they're, they're disrupting the other 30 kids in this classroom and they don't belong here. And I guess that's what I'm frustrated at is, um, unfortunately, the messaging for those kind of things, which could yeah. really impact us as teachers, isn't coming across. But you should know me as a union leader and as a classroom teacher in the classroom, I see this every day. I've used the law. I sit on the current committee for the law at my own school. And we are actually changing the behavior of kids. It's just it's not being uh, widespread, and teachers definitely don't know that the, the power is there. The problem right now is that administrators can overrule us and say, um, we're going to put the child back in, but with no safeguards or protections, because the law currently does not specifically say that they have to put those safeguards or protections in for the other students or teachers. See, this is great information. This is unacceptable. This needs to be passed. We need to have teachers do this. I don't want to say I'm an old guy. I'm 41 years old. I graduated high school 23 years ago. If there were any issues or problems, kids got detention. And I just had a a teacher call last hour. He said, there's no detention nowadays. Um, No, they're right. It's unbelievable. And you should also know, uh, so everybody understands me politically, I don't mind telling everybody, I'm an independent. I'm also a fourth-generation native Arizonan, so mm-hmm. I understand. I get it. I'm also ex-Army. I was a sergeant in the Army before I started teaching. Okay, my lobbyist and my executive director is actually a card-carrying Republican. This is not a Democrat, independent, um, Republican issue. This is we need to do a better job protecting our other students. We need to do a better job protecting our teachers. We need to do a better job providing an environment so we can actually do what the public expects us to do in our classrooms. And we're simply just not doing that. So can you understand, by the way, this is Ralph Quintana. He's the president of the Arizona Federation of Teachers on KNST AM790 up at the uh, Capitol right now. That's, that's where he is. Um, I mean, when I see a guy like Noah Carvalis and the, the stuff that he has tweeted out, uh, the stuff that he you know, says teaching is political, he pushes political activism, uh, he basically is a social justice warrior in the classroom. You know, you're the president of a teacher's union. I don't think that's, I don't think that's appropriate. Do you? I, I'll tell you, I teach English language arts, and I just, it's not appropriate for me to bring, bring in those topics into my classroom at all. That's not what my What about him, though? Because he's leading that movement, Red for Red, and he is, I mean, he's a big-time progressive guy. That, uh, that is, you know, he says we need to teach against uh, white male, I think it was white male privilege, uh, white, uh, white, uh, white toxic masculinity. That's, an, you know, that, that's just wrong. My, my mentor teacher was a, a Mormon, a white guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really good man, conservative, religious conservative, and he supports me still to this day. I got you, but I, you know, you're dodging the question. I mean, I'm not telling you to rag on Cor- Carvelis, but I, 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 think the message I mean, this is bad, man. That's why we don't I, trust this stuff. I, I think the messaging should have been, I will say that. I think the messaging should have been better. I think the messaging was off. 
I think that's what happens when you have a very young teacher that doesn't know really what the issues are because they're just starting, start leading the movement. Okay, um, I will say that. I'm not going to knock the guy because he did start something, but unfortunately he should have looked at some of his tweets. He should have looked at some of the things he had on social media because it, it hurt the movement. Okay, and I'm not going to deny that because it's obvious that it did. But, I mean, I'll give you an example. I brought in I brought in my union boss leader, and she didn't do what everybody thought she was going to do. She argued that the Democrats and Independents and Republicans need to work together to actually solve this issue because this is a, a student issue. This is a teacher issue. It isn't a political issue, not at least for us. I know she doesn't do that other places, but that's what I asked her to do here, and that's what she did. And that's what I'm telling people to do is we need to unify. Um, unfortunately, what you see here, the budget passing today, we're going to still have problems in the fall. And then in you and the public, we're going to still have a teacher shortage. And then again, you and the public are going to go, but we just gave you this money. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I told you guys it wasn't going to fix the problems we're facing in the classroom because issues like you just had me talk about aren't being addressed. The funding that specifically goes to those programs isn't being restored. So if you don't restore our gifted programs, our PE, our special needs programs, our programs that deal with these specific type of kids, you're going to still have those problems. And the funding we're getting just isn't going to be enough to fix those specific issues in the classroom. Reduce class sizes, not going to happen um, because for many different reasons. Um, the resources, not going to happen. It's not, not enough money because what what, if you would have fixed those type of things, I think you would have seen a more impact on the teacher shortage on the things that you're hearing people complaining about with discipline. But instead, Noah messed up a little bit and went out on 20% raise, and that's not going to fix any of the issues that the vast majority of teachers are facing in the classroom with high class sizes, lack of resources, and discipline issues in our classroom. Uh, Ralph Quintana is who you're listening to. He's the uh, president of the Arizona Federation of Teachers up in uh, Phoenix right now on KNST AM 790. So, listen, you guys have a tough gig. It's hard to judge if teachers do a good job or a bad job, especially, I mean, if there's no parental involvement, if they don't make their kids do work at home, you can't blame the teachers if the kids come in and don't have anything done. And, and I, I totally, totally get that. Uh, but there are bad teachers. There are great teachers and they are bad teachers. Um, why aren't teachers evaluated more? I mean, it just stinks because a principal could walk into a class and a teacher could change exactly what they're doing, right? Um, should there not be cameras so teachers can be monitored to see how they do? So we can I, see I, do a good job I don't mind. Yeah. Um, my administrators welcome in my room all the time. Well, can I think they, sometimes, I, because I am ex-military, I think my outlook on teachers, I can tell you I've been in meetings before where I've uh, had to help a teacher out of the profession because maybe teaching wasn't the best for them. Mm -hmm. I've had to, I've had to uh, tell a teacher maybe the demographics of this school, they're not best for you. Maybe you need to go with a little bit, um, a little bit different demographics because you're struggling with the demographics at this school. I think sometimes um, union leaders forget that mm -hmm. within education, that maybe this isn't a good fit for everybody. Maybe you need to find that fit for them. And I can tell you, as a, as a public school kid myself that grew up in uh, West Phoenix in uh, poor schools, um, I didn't always have the best teachers. And I think my job as a union leader, at least a union teacher leader, is to make sure that I have the best quality teachers that are my members. So if my members aren't doing what they're supposed to do, I feel it's my duty to try to get them to do so. And if they can't, then my job is to help them out of the profession or help them into a school where they can be successful because maybe my school isn't that fit.
You know, I'm liking a lot that you're saying, uh, Ralph, and uh, and I'm actually a, a bit surprised. I'm glad we can agree on on you know what you know some of the major problems as to why education is not where it needs to be here in Arizona. Um, I'm just want your take too, because you know, listen, I'm a conservative talk show host, and I see some of the things that are done in class. I've had kids, uh, one kid from Sabino High School down here, come to my uh, studio last week and talk about how he was attacked and called names in class because he disagreed with the teacher he said there's a the student told the teacher there's a difference between illegal and legal immigrants and the teacher called him a racist and a bigot and he had all these stories and stuff like that we see nothing i you know do you acknowledge that there is a much more of a liberal slant uh in public schools and I, I would i would acknowledge that you have um teachers that um not as much on the right but uh on the left that are bringing things into the classroom yes. that don't belong in the classroom. And I look, okay. I don't want a teacher to go in and say Trump is the greatest of all time because that's not appropriate either. No, it's not. It's not. It's not appropriate on either side. So how can we? That I think that there's big things, man. Teachers should get paid more money. You guys need to be able to kick out the troubled kids and have places for them to go because it takes away from the teachers and the students that want to learn. And on top of that, what you know, you guys want more money from us, the taxpayers. How can we know that kids are not going to be indoctrinated in schools? There becomes our evaluation uh, and how we're evaluated by administrators. Um, I'm a highly performing teacher, so my scores, my results, and things, I'm getting the job done that the public expects me to do. Um, I teach English language arts, so obviously I should not be talking about politics at all because my job is to teach kids how to read and write. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the problem that the public doesn't understand is our principals can't get into our classrooms as much as they used to for the reasons that I just outlined to you. So in the older days, when I first started teaching back in 2001, um, you, had, uh, you had more funding. So that allowed an administrator to get into the classroom more. You, had, you, had, um, you didn't have the issue with keeping kids in the seat so you could get funding. So they were able to be in the classroom more. Then I would say that you didn't have what I see now, which is a lack of discipline for lack of a better word, it's just gotten worse and worse. Um, we, we aren't effectively intervening with kids, um, and it's making the situation worse. Are you told so, to not do that, or teachers told to not do that for fear of lawsuits? Um, it depends on your district. And, and, um, and one of the things, our legislation that we did, it didn't get carried into the bill, but one of the things we actually looked at, because with dealing specifically, for example, with bullies, um, so oftentimes, the, the child that's a bully in an affluent neighborhood will have a parent who's also a bully who's threatening a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Talk to superintendents from affluent districts, and they're very supportive of our legislation on how it specifically protected them against the bully's parents and the lawsuits. So you've got to look at all the factors, okay? So And you've got to be able to do what I'm doing right now on your show, which is talk to both sides of the aisle and say, this is how this meets your needs of what you're seeing in your classroom. This is how it meets your needs in, a, in maybe a poorer neighborhood. And that just simply is not getting done. And unfortunately, I see a polarization um, within the teachers movement. And I think that's one thing since I've been the president that I've tried to do is try to take us more down the middle. I do work, like I said, my executive director is a card-carrying Republican. I send her in as much as possible to talk to Republicans so we can talk to them and talk about what we're doing because it is positive. And don't get me wrong. I endorse primarily Democrats, but it's because they're the ones talking to me, okay? But I open the door and offer any Republican. We have endorsed them before, and we will continue to do so. As long as you fund education, as long as you're supportive to teachers, 
at least speaking for my union, we are open and we will publicly uh, meet with you. Even though we are affiliated with the AFL-CIO, that doesn't prohibit us from saying you support education, you support your teachers, you support quality education in our schools, so we are going to support you. And I think that's the attitude that we need to have as teachers, and if we did, I think you would see a change both on the public perception of what we're doing in Mm -hmm. the classroom and um, a change in the funding because then you guys aren't thinking that we're just having an open hand telling you to give money. As an example, why not, um, why not give the special ed teachers specific money? Because that we're, we're even more short special ed teachers. And I had um, Senator Burgess and Senator Allen I was meeting with say, well, wouldn't they complain about that? And I said, well, then have those teachers get their special ed certificate and go in the classroom because we're dying for special ed teachers. And I'm telling you as a teacher, I don't care if they make more money than me with a special addendum or whatever, because we need those teachers are vital to controlling some of the craziness that's going on in my classroom, and I need more help. So we've got to think outside of the box on how to resolve this issue. I guess that's my frustration with the bill that's going, is that it's not going to fix it. And then in the fall, when we're still short teachers, and when we start losing teachers like we did this year again, you and the public, especially on the right, are going to be like, but we just gave you money. Why didn't yep. they fix it? And, and it's very frustrating for me, unbelievably frustrating, because I'm like, because no one talked to me and talked to my teachers because we would have told you all this. And that is, again, the problem what happens when you have a young kid leading a movement that didn't really know what the message should be, and by the time he listened to what it should be, it was too late. Yep. The public perception was already turned against us. And now we're on this road of what I see is going to be eventual failure. And then we're going to have to re-educate the, the public again next year to say, well, we kind of told you this. It just it was too late. Yeah, you're right. Listen, Ralph, man, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate your, your honesty and your frankness. And I'd love to get you on again in the future, man. Anytime. Just give me a call. You got to take care. Ralph Quintana, Arizona Federation of Teachers on KNST. All right, what's up? 744. We went a little bit long, but I thought it was really good with Ralph Quintana. You can react, by the way, 880-KNST, 880-5678. You know, there are times that I expect, you know, a knockdown, drag-out brawl on the radio. And by the way, I have to get to this. Sorry. Three things I think you need to know. I'm still in, you know, feeling all right about that interview. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, Number one... Uh, The Red for Red people said, go back to work, teachers, on Thursday, as long as the lawmakers pass the budget Wednesday, which is today. So we'll we will we shall see what happens there. Right. We'll see what happens. TUSD, uh, the big one. And you check your school district because they're all different now. They voted to close for the week, but they gave the superintendent power to say, get open if the teachers come back. So you have that, which is nice. Now, here's another thing. Second thing that I think you need to know, Bob Mueller. Bob Mueller. He, uh, apparently, according to the Washington Post, threatened to subpoena the president if he didn't sit down for an interview, which is unprecedented, unprecedented. And it made Trump's lawyer go off on him in the Washington Post. They report this uh, for people, anonymous, of course, all this other stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Third thing I think you need to know is Customs and Border Patrol say 28 Central American caravan members have been admitted at the San Ysidro port of entry, which that bothers me. So they cut the line. You know who's mad about that, by the way? Other illegal aliens. That's right. Other and that now it's not just legal people or people waiting in line. Illegal aliens are mad that these illegal aliens cut the line. I'll try to get that as well. Three things I think you need to know. You know, um, somebody put on my Facebook page. 
Um, and, and I just I just don't understand it. Listen, we can agree to disagree. We shouldn't be so closed-minded. And I get there are some people on the other side that are just so closed-minded that that you know there's just there's nothing that they can nothing that can anybody on the other side or whatever a union person could say would make any sense, right? Any sense. Um I got put on my Facebook page, union leader speaking equals blah, 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 same old S, if you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, the guy acknowledged that discipline is the big problem. He acknowledged that Noah Carvelis, right? Noah Carvelis, the guy, the, the, the tool bag, the progressive nut that is leading the Red Fred movement, gave the wrong message. He doesn't know what he's doing. Is he a plant? I don't know. He started this whole thing where he got behind it and maybe somebody paid. We don't know. We don't know. Uh, but but he is out there, you know, basically telling us that uh, they need more money and then everything's going to be good. And this this Ralph Quintana guy, it not acknowledge all the money in the world's not going to fix this. Not for salaries, like we need other stuff. And he he pointed out in bills, he put he, unless you just don't want to believe him, which is your right. You know, you don't want to believe him, that's fine. But you know, listen, me, you know me, and this guy agreed that discipline is uh, one of, if not the biggest problem for teachers and students, right? One of the biggest problems. The teachers can't get rid of the unruly kids. They can't do anything with them. Where can they go? Is there any place to go? Was funding cut for that stuff to where they could put them there? Why can't teachers be in control? And he admitted, he said, hey, principals don't want kids out of seats because they lose money. And we have a bill led by a Republican that's supposed to give teachers the power. Shouldn't teachers have the power? I mean, if your kid is in a class and there's an unruly punk that is stopping your kid from learning. Don't you want them out? Don't you trust the teacher to say, get out of here? And the teacher can't do that now. And that's a big problem. And then he said, that's why the messaging is bad. This Carvelos guy's out there saying, we need more money. We'll fix stuff. And that just for salary. We'll fix stuff. I thought it was uh, really, really good stuff. I mean, I... And I got other reaction as well. By the way, you can hit me up on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Let me know. You can hit me on Twitter. Uh, metaphorically, of course, at Garrett Lewis. And let me know what you think. 880-KNST, 880-5678. I mean, it's a different world from when I went to high school, and that was in the, uh, you know, 91 to 95. 91 to 95. Um, I mean, people are saying, hey, this is is really good. This guy writes, I don't know how to fix the problem, but I know if there were more people like this Ralph, it would be easier to fix. I mean, we can agree to disagree on certain things. That's anyway. Um, Susan, welcome to KNST. Hello. Hey, good morning, Garrett. Thanks Hi. for taking my call. Sure. Great show, and you've brought on some great people uh, over the last week, including the guy that just spoke. Um, I have a couple of comments I'd like to make. The first one is something that I heard brought up by one of your guests a few days ago. I'm sorry, I don't know the gentleman's name, but you probably will. Frank Riggs? Yeah. You're talking about Frank Riggs? Um. You know, I couldn't tell you That's okay. it might be. Okay. But he's the gentleman that said that 60% of the education money is currently spent for administration. Oh, that was a teacher, and, Rod. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know what? That's a problem. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, spending money for teacher salaries is not going to solve the behavioral problems in the classroom and the other problems that they have, as a taxpayer, I want them to clean up their house 
and get their their finances in order before they come to me asking for more money. Right. I mean, administration and supervisors are necessary, but the funds should be allocated like in a pyramid style or a triangle. You know, you got money for supervisors, and that's all at the top in administration. But the bulk of the money should be going to teachers in the classroom. And if we give them a 20% raise, that's fine. And this particular money might be earmarked for teacher salaries, but it doesn't solve the problem that most of the money is going for administration, and that needs to be resolved. And yeah, as, a, yeah. as a taxpayer, I don't want to give more money when it's being misallocated to begin with. You know, and that's the problem where you had Doug Ducey fold like a cheap suit. You yeah, know? Well- and he, he, he just folded and he just gave in right away. Oh, here's 20%. We get you that. And here you go. Instead of demanding that, yes, you know what? We want to get more of the money to the schools, but more of the money has to go to the classrooms and the teachers because that's, that's the main job. That's what it comes down to. Um, right. And- but how did this situation get out of control? I mean, who allocates how much goes to teachers, how much goes to administration? Is that within the school district? I mean, I don't Well, the school district gets money. Yeah, the school district, works. the school district gets money and they choose the salaries to pay the teachers. So that's why you tell you don't, you don't get paid to teach. You, you don't get paid the same as a second grade teacher at TUSD as you do at Amphi, as you do compared to Mesa or, or Phoenix schools. Um, but then if that's the te- if that's the school administration, we can't even blame it on Doug Ducey because you know they need to no, decide he, they're paying less yes. to the administrators and more to the teachers. Well, but that's, I'm saying for public in-house problem. I know, but for public pressure, he could have said, "Listen, you want more money? You're getting a crap ton of money, and we'll give them raises, but you got to like you got to tell the superintendents, got to tell the school boards to put the pressure on to make sure the schools." Use the money to pay the teachers. But it's more than that. I mean, you just, yes. and I think they're neat. Listen, and, and thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. One of the ladies, uh, there was a lady that was a candidate for CD2, a Republican, Marilyn Wiles, uh, with the debate I moderated yesterday. And she dropped out because she wants to run for LD10 here, wants to be a state senator, and uh, wants to clean up the mess. She is not happy with a $10.4 billion budget, and Tucson is going to pay an extra $17 million in taxes, uh, Tucson taxpayers, for the schools, more than anybody else in the state. You get screwed because of desegregation. And she's like, we got to clean up our own house. There's enough money in there. They got to just, you know, reallocate it, use it properly, have demands. I, she wants to do that. Maybe we'll get her on to talk about this, too, because she's been in D.C. running budgets for, I believe, the State Department, for God's sake. So we'll continue. It's KNST. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Oh, hello. You're here. What's going on? It is your morning ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things that I think you need to know. Number one. The teacher strike may come to an end. The Red Fred leadership, the nutty, the, the nut jobs up there, Carvelis. He said, hey, go back to go back to your wife and kids at home. Anyway, he said, go back to go back to your jobs. Uh, as long as the legislature passes the budget on Wednesday, you should be back in school on Thursday. We didn't get everything, but we got some stuff. Blah, 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 blah. So we'll see. And I don't think it's... We've been talking about it all show long. It's not going to solve the problems. It's just not going to do it. Um, second thing that I think you need to know, Robert Mueller, according to the Washington Post, threatened President Trump with a, uh, his lawyer. said, hey, if uh, the president doesn't want to talk to us for an interview, I could subpoena him in front of a grand jury. And... What? And the lawyer went nuts at that point, according to the Washington Post and witnesses. Nobody named, of course, actually is uh, is in this story, but it's at least four anonymous sources telling him this, that the president's lawyer said, you're screwing with the president of the United States of America. So there you go. This guy Mueller is out of control. Third thing. 
that I think you need to know, and this is uh, this is another one. This, this the number is going up, unfortunately. Uh, but reports now that twenty eight of the illegal aliens from the caravan, twenty eight, have made their way, have been processed at the San Ysidro port of entry. That was as of yesterday afternoon from Customs and Border uh, Border Protection. Um, Monday, eight caravan members were the first to be admitted. Now it's a total of 28 as of yesterday. I haven't gotten an update since then. Uh, but um, they asked for asylum. And let me tell you, they apparently they're pissing off illegal aliens that are trying to get get on through. And now the illegal aliens are saying those illegal aliens are cutting the line. Isn't this incredible? Isn't this incredible? Yeah. Uh, those are three things I think you need to know. So we have that. Um, I'm getting a lot of reaction, a ton of reaction uh, to that interview. I thought it was absolutely uh, fantastic. Um, and there's there's more to it that you need to know. And I've asked teachers all show long. We've had some call in. Talk about, I, I think the real problem is the fact that, you know, it's an increase in teacher salary is not going to keep him here. Um, horrible conditions, horrible teaching conditions where teachers have to deal with punk kids, gang members, bad people, this, that, and they can't get rid of them. That is why, that is why you have, I mean, major, major problems when it comes to education. I mean, major problems. When people, when, when people um, don't want to learn and they're disruptive, what can teachers do? Paying teachers an extra 15,000 a year is not going to solve the problem. Again, I told you that, you know, I was told of a story where a uh, teacher came here from California, from Carlsbad, California. A friend of mine told us this story. Uh, she has a friend. She moved here, worked at TUSD for a year, and then got the hell out. Not because of the low pay. She knows it costs a lot more to live in California. She got paid more, but it costs more to live. The conditions, the conditions at TUSD, and not just talking about buildings falling apart, the conditions of the fact that she couldn't teach because they were bad, unruly people, and she got no support from the administration in her school. She said, this is horrible. Nobody wants to work in those conditions. It's just like if you're if someone is miserable at their job, they may leave to go to a different company. And that's what this person did, right? I think teachers should get paid more. I think it's important. I think we need, we need to attract great teachers. We have great weather. It's, it's cheap to live here, but they still have to get a wage that makes them want to be here and stay here and not jump industries. I get it. But at the same time, if we don't make it easy for them to do their job and we don't make it easy for kids that want to learn to learn, then what's the point? There is, there's nothing that's going to change. So I've asked teachers to give me stories and examples of bad things happening. And I think, uh, you know, all you heard from Noah Carvelis of Red for Red is we need more money, more funding, more money. And they don't even, they don't say what it's going to be used for besides the more money for their pockets, which again, that's your own business. You want to get paid more? You go get paid more. I'm not going to stop anybody from wanting to get paid more. I'm not. Um, however, there, there is a, there's more to it. And there's a story in the Arizona Republic. Now I got to find it again. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, actually this is, this is from the Capital Media Services real quick. In the middle of the story about Red Fred saying to teachers, go back to work. It says here, what also may be on the table, Noah Carvelis said, is working to change the makeup of the legislature and perhaps the governor's office. Quote, we haven't had a second to even catch our breath and think about that right now, but I guarantee you there are a lot of people walking around down here at the Capitol in red every single day looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, if they can't get it done, I'll get it done. So all of a sudden, he's like, huh, we let, let's, let's now just 
change this from being for the kids and all this other stuff to let's get the opposite political party in there. And I told you, that's what it is, man. That's from at least the red for red guy. That's that's it's just not right. 880-KNST, 880-5678. I got a very interesting comment on Facebook. And I'll get to your calls in just a second. From Debbie. She writes, in 1996, get this. You ready for this? In 1996, when my oldest daughter was in Bisbee High School, one of her teachers would start the class by writing passes to kids that didn't want to be there. These kids would get up, leave, maybe go to the library, but a lot of them left the campus. That's how this particular teacher dealt with the problems, with the problem of kids disrupting or not wanting to learn. She writes, I was appalled to hear about this. My youngest child is a senior this year at Buena High School in Sierra Vista. I've gone to his classes and from time to time sat in the back and watched how teachers taught the class. I do see a very big discipline problem, but I also see that teachers are trying to be buddies to the children instead of teachers. I notice parents today also want to be friends or buddies with their kids rather than parents. I feel that causes a problem. No discipline. I agree with you. Very interesting. Would you be outraged? I mean, I mean, maybe if you're a little Johnny, didn't want to be in class and left, and you'd be outraged. But I drop him off. It's your job. No, little Johnny's a punk, and it's your job as a parent to crack the whip. I wish teachers could say that. I back teachers to say that. My parents always believed the teachers over me. You want to know why? Because they were right. Well, sometimes. Sometimes a teacher was a jerk. But they'd get to the bottom of it. It's not hard to deal with that as parents. And let me just tell you, me personally as a parent, maybe this is a generational thing. Maybe this is a millennial thing with the millennials being raised by these other generation of parents. I don't know. Um, if my kid's doing something wrong, the teacher tells me, I'm going to say, hey, we're going to have an issue here, kid. I can tell when teachers do bad things. I'm not stupid, but I know kids aren't angels. Boys will be boys. Kids will have problems, and you deal with it. And you know what? you got to support the teacher to have some discipline. That way the kid acts better in class. I swear, these parents are just... Spade and neutered. Spade and neutered. Hang on, let's go to John. John, thank you for waiting. Welcome to KNST. Hi. Hi, Garrett. Nice to talk to you. Thank hey, you. Sure. What's going on? Well, as a former administrator and doing discipline in middle and high school, uh, there are a lot of teachers that I don't trust, and your comments are just before this call are right on. Uh, there are teachers who set kids up to misbehave and kick them out of class. Mm-hmm. And it isn't fair to the kids. It isn't right. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be done also as far as discipline is concerned in the schools that I don't see getting done. And I think that's because administrators are not trained how to do it to, to do discipline. And frankly, uh, kids do need to be suspended. But unfortunately, uh, at least in California, you can't suspend a student from school till a parent comes in. So which means there you go, plus the fact that you're limited to 10 days a year suspension in California schools as opposed to unlimited suspension, and that's a big problem as well. That means five days a semester, and basically that's it. So yeah, and, 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 that's, and, that's, and that's the problem because I'm assuming that they only limit that because they want to make sure that they can get as many kids in seats to get as much funding as they possibly can. That's exactly correct. Man. Uh, I got lots of flack because I suspended kids when they were supposed to be suspended. Uh, and uh, that was basically a real problem. Didn't make me popular with the district administration. And that's the problem right there. Did you ever say to these people, I mean, 
Well, first off, the district administration, I mean, did they start out as teachers? I assume they start out as wanting to be educators, right? Not necessarily, no. but yes, wanting to be educators, but not necessarily classroom teachers. And even after they've been classroom teachers and go into administration, then they wind up losing sight of what it's like to really teach in the classroom. Yep, yep. and they only care about dollars and cents instead of the actual job. Yep. Of that, right? My solution to that was that every administrator needed to go back into the classroom every five or six years and spend another year in the classroom in order to refresh them on just what it's like to be teaching. Interesting. Yeah, what if they did that for like a week? Big pardon? What, yeah, what if, you know, it'd be a good idea if administrators, vice principals, principals went back one week a year to make them realize what it's like to be a teacher again and what they battle. Well, I think it takes longer than a week. Really? Yeah, I, I really do. And the kids today are not respectful no. of parents and uh, not respectful of teachers. Look at what happens with the kids out in the public. And uh, if I had done stuff like that, my folks would have just whopped me up alongside the head, and that would have been the end of it. Exactly. I mean, that's why these, you know, the, I guess, listen, there are some teachers, like you said, that, we had the kid in here from Sabino who said, you know, he was threatened by teachers, called names by teachers, even the administration. That's horrible. Um, but th- there's got to be a lot of good teachers that wouldn't just get rid of kids based on their political views, but based on the fact that if they're going to be disrespectful and they're going to be jerks and they're not going to listen, they're going to be problems, we have to be able to trust the teachers to kick them out of class. And right. those teachers have to get support and backing of principals so we can finally have kids be educated again and teachers not have to spending half the class period calming this kid down or dealing with an unruly kid because then nobody learns right i started a what was called an opportunity program in san jose unified school district the teachers in the classrooms uh decided they would take in an extra kid and then i would take out all those unruly kids and teach them and they were removed from school so that I went and visited the kids at home, and they had to do their work at home, and they could not come to school for any reason whatsoever, meaning school dances and all the rest mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff. We excluded them completely from school. And that had a sobering effect on a lot of kids. How were the parents? I mean, when did you retire? Uh, <laughs> I know. 20, 27 years ago. It's a, a long time ago. long time ago. So parents were different. Did parents hold their own kids accountable back then? Uh, yes really. and no. Okay. Yes and no, but I'm, I'm old school. Uh, in one of my programs, one of the kids I had had uh, refused to come to class. His mom called me and said, I can't get him out of bed. And so I turned the classroom over to my aide, hopped in the car, went over to the house and told him to get out of bed to come to school. He said, I'm not coming. And I said, oh, yes, you are. He said, no, I'm not. So I dragged him out of bed. He got dressed and came to school, and I didn't have that problem again. But if I had done that in this day and age, oh, I'd have gone to jail. It. Yeah. Forget about it. Oh, man. Yep. So, I mean, okay, so it's basically, I mean, I, I, I don't know what you're thinking. Just to sum it up, I mean, discipline. I, they got to give teachers the power again, don't we? Is that, they've that got to give it? teachers and administrators the power again. Yeah. That's part of the problem. Well, you know, and I think, you know, one thing that, and I got a, a comment about that, one of the things that the uh, union guy said was, there's unqualified administrators. And I, we see that at all levels, though. I mean, we've again, we've gone through enough managers here in this radio station in this building. You know, and then there, there's it, just because you're good as a teacher or good as a salesperson or whatever it might be doesn't mean you're going to be a really good manager. It's a tough, it's a tough skill. Um, they don't teach 
how to administrate discipline in the schools, both for teachers or for administrators, as mm-hmm. to what you can and can't do. You need a real thorough background in school law uh, as an administrator in order to know what you can and can't do, and the willingness to face down parents and teachers both uh, when you do something that they don't like. And that's uh, a whole other issue. Yeah, it really is. Can we just bring back the paddle? Yeah, I mean, that's Can the thing. Can we just bring back the paddle? I mean, I, I, is it, what's wrong with just spanking a kid on the butt? Uh, I, you know. I don't have a problem with it. I know. Uh, <laughs> Neither I, do I. Uh, used to do that back when I first started teaching. And uh, the nice thing about it, the way I had it worked out in my school, that if I determined a kid needed to be paddled, I went to my next-door teacher who paddled him rather than me. That way, there was no malicious intent on my part. Yeah. Well, nowadays, uh, if there's any paddling going on, it might start a sexual relationship between the chick teacher and the boy student, so who knows? <laughs> That's petting. Oh, is that what that yeah. is? Oh, sorry. Hey, John, thank you for listening, man, and for your insight. Okay. I appreciate it, man. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Not to say it doesn't have any of a guy. Anyway. And then that's when everything goes. Just when you think we could get mature and solve problems, I take it down. No, I, you know, I, I, I think paddling is a good way to solve the problem. I is honestly would not have a problem. Bodor? If my kid, you know what, if that's going to take to get it through. It's more than just pain on the butt. It's embarrassment from the class. Exactly. And, oh, you're causing fear, making the child feel bad. You know what, once in a while, that's okay. Apparently, they're making the teacher feel bad. Yeah, exactly. They're not listening. Bad. Yeah, so exactly. That's, that's, you're going to hurt their self-esteem. They'll realize, I shouldn't do this. Oh, yeah, well, that's when you just tell them. Stop whining. Exactly. And then uh, go home to mommy. Well, doesn't okay. that work? I, th- I think so. Uh, 824, we'll continue reaction coming up. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. Agree, disagree. It doesn't matter. As long as you think that he's good looking. <laughs> just playing. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM 790. Tucson's most stimulating talk. Yes. Come on, come on, wait, wait. No, keep it up, keep it up. I like this part. I don't like this song, but I like this part. I don't know. One of those things. Uh, 841, three things I think you need to know. Number one, red for red leaders. Telling teachers, go back to school on Thursday, as long as the legislature passes the budget on Wednesday, which is today. So we'll see if that happens. Second thing that I think you need to know uh, is that uh, Bob Mueller has apparently threatened. This is coming out of the Washington Post. He threatened back in March, just a couple months ago. Uh, he threatened uh, Trump's lawyer. Hey, I'll subpoena the president if he doesn't sit down for an interview. This is according to four anonymous sources that were there. Four anonymous sources that, okay. They're there for anonymous sources, whatever. Uh, third thing, I think you need to know, and this is uh, this is another one right here. Customs and Border Patrol apparently said that uh, a total of 28 Central Americans traveling with that caravan have been processed by yesterday afternoon at the uh, San Ysidro Port of Entry. So 28 are in. 28, what, really? Yep. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, by the way, it says here, word of their passage came as Border Patrol announced it was going, it was again accepting asylum seekers and others without documents with a, after a hiatus of a, of close to 27 hours. So they're getting in there now. I mean, they were supposed to fight this stuff and say no, but the laws, 
let them let you know let them come in where where you know we have republican house republican senate they should get up there and say we're going to change this law right now right now but you have useless paul ryan and useless mitch mcconnell what the hell are those two idiots doing on monday morning some 20 members of the caravan this is from the san diego tribune some 20 members of the caravan most women with small kids great spread out on blankets at the door to the port's head west entrance they're sitting there a honduran teenager 16 year old said i feel like god will help me cross and will touch the president's heart he was traveling alone fleeing gang members he calls los mareros who beat his father and threatened to kill his entire family Apparently, again, we, you know, listen, this is all terrible. This is horrible. We have problems going on in South Tucson, or the southern part of Tucson, not the city. Uh, we have problems going on in, in uh, other cities in Arizona, in, uh, in other places in America. We, we just take everybody in. Is that what it comes down to now? Come on. Here's a story from this morning from the San Diego Tribune. Central American caravan members persist in bid for U.S. asylum as health concerns grow. Oh, great. Great health concerns. Got to do it more. Officials trying to persuade women and children to return to shelters as they await appointments in the U.S. So at least they'll go there. Um, health concerns. We got to deal with this stuff now. Love this. Mexican officials didn't make any promises about the long-term future of the 10 cities. They neither pledged to keep them open, but didn't say they'd force people out. So who knows what's going on there? Um, and again, there was a story that other illegal aliens are getting ticked off at the caravan. And that, I mean, this is just un- unbelievable. They're getting angry. They're getting pissed because they're like, you're jumping the line. And granted, of course, what are they doing? They're jumping the line of um, of legal people or people trying to do it the right way. But this is what's happening right now. People, other illegals are getting pissed that these illegals are getting <laughs> getting to the front of the line. Who are, and those other ones cut the line. It's just this just won't stop, will it? All right, eight forty six now on KNST AM seven ninety. This is uh, this is just incredible. This. One thing I want to tell you, Um, you had Leah Marquez-Peterson not show up yesterday to the debate, right? She didn't show up because she had an event in Maricopa, which is out of the district. She went to go raise money. She went to go get money instead of talking to constituents. That's what the Martha McSally establishment handpicked candidate of Leah Marquez-Peterson, who's running for Republican uh, CD2, who's running for that seat, that's what she did. She said, screw you voters. I'd rather go get money from people that want to influence me, and I'll listen to them and not you. That's Leah Marquez-Peterson. Granted, we did talk about illegal immigration, and we did save some time by not having Leah there because I probably would have had to explain chain migration to her. Why are you looking at me that way? Remember she didn't know what it was? I, yeah. I, I like it. Well, here's the thing. There were two. Marilyn Wiles is a candidate that dropped out at the beginning of the debate. She's going to run for LD10. She wants to clean up the budget here. Very nice lady. Very smart lady. The other two guys, um, Danny Morales and, uh, and Brandon Martin, 
what was interesting is that these two guys, America first, all about Trump. They both want big, beautiful walls. For all the stories in the media of how people are running away from Trump, and granted, let me tell you something. You know who's running away from Trump? Uh, Some establishment people. Some people that are already part of the D.C. bubble. They don't realize what people want. But this new crop of people that are running for office, probably all over the country. I mean, I'm just assuming it's all over the country. Right here, these guys, CD2, which is a very, you know, let's face it, it's a bluish district, which is how Martha McSally won. These guys are unapologetically pro-Trump, love everything that he's done, want to build the big, beautiful wall, and want to put America first. They have some differences when it comes to certain things about what government should do and shouldn't do. But they had no problem spouting off their, their just admiration of Trump. Again, Leah wouldn't do it. But these two guys did. And I'm telling you, it's, it's sweeping the country. I'm telling you, it, especially the ones that are trying to get in there and trying to do the right thing to get rid of the swamp, it is sweeping the country. And it was just cool to watch yesterday. And they weren't, they weren't afraid to say it. You have these other guys. I even asked them, too. One of the questions I asked them was, well, one of the questions that was asked, submitted by people was basically, what would you do? How would you handle uh, the attacks the president takes from members of your party, meaning the Republican Party? And they said, we'd call it out. And I said, what about Marco Rubio? He came out randomly and said, the tax, the tax cut isn't working. We're not seeing proof it's working. And they both said, we think Marco's lost his way. And we tell him, you're, you have no idea what you're talking about. You're wrong. We don't know why he's saying this, but you're wrong. I thought it was very refreshing. It's no holds barred. You know what it is? The, the next politician, and hopefully I think it's just like you and me, we smell BS. And we know when, we all know if we're being called out for being full of BS. So they say it like it is. There's no fear about it whatsoever. So uh, anyway, you know who doesn't think that way, I believe, is Leah Marquez Peterson. And I think even down here in bluish Tucson, blue Tucson, I think it's going to I think it's going to hurt her. She could have all the money she wants and they'll spend money on yard signs and advertising and all this other stuff. But people are going to see right freaking through it, right through it. We'll continue. 849. Uh, I'll get to that. There's this one story I want to bring to your attention. Uh, the amount of money that was put into Washington, D.C. schools and the results because all you want, right? All you want is more money, more money, right? Is that going to solve it? Hell friggin' no. What do you hear about that coming up in five? Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis, KNST, AM790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the word money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. All right, what's up? 908 on this uh, Trump Day. Wednesday, May 2nd, it's your morning ritual with me, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, the Red for Red leaders, Orlando Carvelis, and the Joe Thomas union teacher guy, they said, go back to work, teachers, go back Thursday. As long as the legislature passes the budget on Wednesday, which is today, you go back to work. We did the best we could. Go back to work. We'll see what happens. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know is that Robert Mueller is now apparently, according to the Washington Post, a couple months ago, he threatened to subpoena President Trump if you wouldn't do an interview with him, which is incredible to me. And that elicited a major response from Trump's lawyer. Again, this is all from anonymous sources, four anonymous people in the 
in the meeting that witnessed this. Washington Post style, baby. Uh, third thing, I think you need to know we're at least at 28 people that have been processed uh, at the San Ysidro port where the caravan people are, the migrant people are. Yeah, 28 have been processed. I guess the transgender people, the um, pregnant women, that kind of stuff. I hope they hold strong. I mean, our laws don't let them hold strong, but I hope they hold strong. And it's just really a shame there aren't Republicans, since we control the House and the Senate, running to say we're going to change the law and stop this stuff from happening. All you hear is talk, 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 right? That's it. Three things that I think you need to know. I think we're on to something here, and I think we could find some common ground. Uh, but I, I, as a taxpayer, am frustrated. And uh, I contacted uh, um, Ralph Quintana, and he's up at the state capitol. Uh, American Federation of Teachers, he's the Arizona chapter president. Am I right about that, Ralph? You're the Arizona chapter president? That is correct. Okay, cool. I know. Arizona Federation teachers president here in Arizona. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, and he's up at the state capitol. Uh, people are there, are people getting up there right about now? Or is it starting yeah, to get busy? Um, mo- most of us um, are. It looks like there's probably a couple hundred people here already, and it's only seven. I gotcha. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I tell you what. Um, I mean, my listeners have been pretty uh, upset with the teachers. I've been pretty upset with the teachers that they walked out at this particular time. I do think teachers do need to get paid more, but we always sit back and say, where's. You know, how do we know things are going to get better? But one thing that has not been addressed, and I really want to stick to this with you, is that I have teachers call the show. It's been, you know, a week now. And uh, one thing that a lot of teachers say is that the conditions are terrible. And I'm not just talking about walls falling down and bathrooms not working. I'm talking about teachers that say, I feel like, you know, I'm getting, I'm threatened. I had a kindergarten teacher call up and she said she was stabbed by a student, a kindergartner with a pencil, spit at. Punched in the stomach by one. I had a teacher call up the last hour talking about how uh, there are, you know, the, the kids, you know, come in stoned. There's drugs. We don't know if a kid's a gang member, if they're not a gang member. And you guys can ask for as much money as you want and pay teachers, but nobody wants to work in those kinds of conditions. So why isn't that being talked about? Because, you know, if you fix those kinds of conditions, wouldn't that improve education because teachers could do their jobs without having to be fearful and you get the disruptive students out of there? You're exactly right. Unfortunately, um, when you have a very young um, teacher that doesn't understand what's going on behind the scenes, both at why we don't have the funding to deal with those kind of things, then the messaging comes out incorrectly. You've seen a push lately the last couple of days to actually get the messaging back to what it should be. So you as the public actually understand why the heck things like that are happening. For example... You have the classroom site fund. That's about $250 million a year we used to get that we're not getting anymore. So that's your maintenance and uh, building of new buildings within the school district. That's why you have to go out for bonds all the time now is because the state's not giving us that money. Yeah, but let's stick with the, the idea that teachers are not in a safe environment. And, you know, teachers tell me there's nothing that we can do. We have to go through some kind of a protocol, and we can't get the disruptive students out of there. So well, I never hear union guys, you know, up at the Capitol fighting for that for safer working conditions that goes to the funding that's go- that was uh, designed for gifted PE special or special needs students and students that fit into that category of chronically misbehaving students when they cut the started cutting the budget it also affected that area so the special programs that we used to have for alternative placement for kids with conduct disorder ADHD um, ED- emotionally disturbed students that fall within the special ed spectrum the funding for that went so the truth of the matter is they just don't have anywhere to put them. And a lot of the programs that were designed to meet the needs of those kids don't exist anymore. 
then the state really got smart, and they did something called the, the daily attendance rate. So if a child's not in the school, you don't receive money for them. So a lot of districts that are requiring or are worried about daily funding don't want to suspend these kids, and then now we have a program where you don't have a program to send them to, so you won't get money for them. So what that does for a district is oftentimes what we're seeing throughout the state is they either do nothing and put the child back in with a thank you or I'm a sorry and here's a starburst and you can go back to class, or they suspend them and it's just a chronic, it's just like a uh, cycling suspend, suspend, suspend. And then oftentimes the child comes back worse than before we suspended them. So, but that's why, and you're exactly right, it's happening all over the state. We actually have legislation called SB 1219. It was actually carried by a Republican. Um, uh, Kate Brophy McGee actually carried it for us. That's trying to deal with the chronically misbehaving child, specifically the the bullies too. Yeah. So we can actually try to change their behavior. It just didn't get out of committee. So um, we do recognize that within the Arizona Federation of Teachers, that is, is a severe problem with uh, for our teachers. The higher the grades you go, the worse the problem is. But um, for some reason, it's just not being um, widely supported. You know, and, and by the way, you're listening to uh, Ralph Quintana. He is the uh, president of the Arizona Federation for Teachers here on KNST AM790. He's up at the state capitol. Um, I think this is the biggest thing. Uh, you know, I, listen, again, I, I think teachers should get paid more money. Uh, I don't think all of a sudden throwing money at teachers is going to make them better teachers, get us better results, because we have to get to the root cause. So do you think that is a big problem? Is, is you know, the reason that we aren't having kids come out better educated? Teachers wanting to get out of the profession besides not making enough money in their minds. It's just not safe, and they're frustrated because they can't do what they really want to do. I, I would say you're exactly right. We started to, don't get me wrong, salary is one of it, but we, you look at what happened this year. We had 2,000 teacher shortage to start the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. and we've lost over 900 teachers since the beginning of the school year. So obviously it has something to do more than just the pay because we, we're attracting them, but we're actually losing them at the same time faster than we can attract them. So when you're asking me what type of things contribute to that, classroom management or um, unruly students is definitely on the top three. Lack of resources is the other one as far as being able to meet our needs and huge class sizes which are contributing to uh, um, the need for both those things. They need more teachers. Another yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, we just don't, we don't have enough teachers. We're losing our teachers because of the behavior of the kids and not having enough resources. So if we don't deal with that, all three things at the same time, what you're going to continue to see is a worsening in the program. And then you and the public keep going, hey, but we fixed this. We passed three, Prop 301. We passed Prop 123. But the messaging is off. So because of that, you don't really understand why teachers are leaving, and that's partly our fault for not making sure you do. Yeah, that, that, okay. because that's the thing. I mean, I'm driving around Tucson, and there are teachers on streets and on street corners, and they're just, you know, we want funding. We want money. We want funding. And I'm thinking, that's not going to fix this. So what is the union doing then? Because I guess here's the problem. is it, it seems like the union isn't standing up for teachers when teachers are getting attacked. There, You guys are not, you know, you guys should be out in front demanding superintendents, school boards, uh, principals to support teachers. I mean, it's like there's this whole giant legal checklist that they have to do. I there, there's you know. actually a state law. Okay. It's called ARS 15841 okay. that allows a teacher to permanently remove a child from the classroom or to refuse entry to the child to the classroom would be a better way of describing it. Okay. So then that way um, they have to go to uh, a hearing. That's what our legislation actually deals with is trying to... Um, uh, um, 
refine that process, make it a little bit better, give the power back to the teachers to do exactly that. Because oftentimes people don't understand with the teacher shortage, you also have a qualified administrator shortage as well. So it's just, it's watered down the quality of our educators in Arizona. And oftentimes you either have teachers or administrators that simply don't know how to deal with this unruly child. They mm -hmm. don't know what resources they have. So we've, uh, our legislation actually gives the power back to a team of teachers, two teachers, one administrator, to decide whether that child comes back in. And if they do go back in, what, what type of uh, protections and what type of interventions are going to be put in place for that child. And that's up to the so, teacher? Because the, the, would that teacher be overruled by the principal who wants the butt in the seat to make sure he can get funding? Well, but that's what I mean, though. Yeah. It would be two teachers and only one principal. Okay. So that, and the teachers that are on that committee would be elected by those teachers. So it gives those teachers on that campus a little element of control to say, no, this child doesn't belong here. I know you want funding, but this child needs to be in our alternative placement program because they're, they're disrupting the other 30 kids in this classroom and they don't belong here. And I guess that's what I'm frustrated at is, um, unfortunately, the messaging for those kind of things, which could yeah. really impact us as teachers, isn't coming across. But you should know me as a union leader and as a classroom teacher in the classroom, I see this every day. I've used the law. I sit on the current committee for the law at my own school, and we are actually changing the behavior of kids. It's just it's not being uh, widespread, and teachers definitely don't know that the power is there. The problem right now is that administrators can overrule us and say um, we're going to put the child back in, but with no safeguards or protections because the law currently does not specifically say that they have to put those safeguards or protections in for the other students or teachers. See, this is great information. This is unacceptable. This needs to be passed. We need to have teachers do this. I don't want to say I'm an old guy. I'm 41 years old. I graduated high school 23 years ago. If there were any issues or problems, kids got detention. And I just had a teacher call last hour. He said, there's no detention nowadays. Um, no, I mean, you're, you're, they're right. It's unbelievable. And you should also know, so everybody understands me politically, I don't mind telling everybody, I'm an independent. I'm also a fourth-generation native Arizonan, so mm -hmm. I understand. I get it. I'm also ex-Army. I was a sergeant in the Army before I started teaching. Okay, my lobbyist and my executive director is actually a card-carrying Republican. This is not a Democrat, independent, um, Republican issue. This is we need to do a better job protecting our other students. We need to do a better job protecting our teachers. We need to do a better job providing an environment so we can actually do what the public expects us to do in our classrooms. And we're simply just not doing that. I mean, when I see a guy like Noah Carvalis and the, the stuff that he has tweeted out, uh, the stuff that he you know, says teaching is political, he pushes political activism, uh, he basically is a social justice warrior in the classroom. You know, you're the president of a teacher's union. I don't think that's, I don't think that's appropriate. Do you? I, I'll tell you, I teach English language arts, and I just, it's not appropriate for me to bring, bring in those topics into my classroom at all. That's not what my. What about him though? Because he's leading that movement, Red for Red, and he is—I mean, he's a big-time progressive guy. That—that uh, that is, you know, he says we need to teach against uh, white male. I think it was white male privilege, uh, white uh, white white toxic masculinity. That's an that, you know that that's just wrong. My my mentor teacher was a, a Mormon, a white guy, mm -hmm. um, uh, really good man, conservative, religious conservative, and he supports me. Still to this day, I got you, but I, you're, you're dodging the question. I mean, I'm not telling you to rag on Cor Carvelis, but I, I think the message I mean, this is bad, man. That's why we don't I, trust this stuff. I, I think the messaging should have been. I will say that I think the messaging should have been better. 
I think the messaging was off. I think that's what happens when you have a very young teacher that doesn't know really what the issues are because they're just starting, start leading the movement. Okay, um, I will say that. I'm not going to knock the guy because he did start something, but unfortunately he should have looked at some of his tweets. He should have looked at some of the things he had on social media because it, it hurt the movement. Okay, and I'm not going to deny that because it's obvious that it did. But, I mean, I'll give you an example. I brought in I brought in my union boss leader, and she didn't do what everybody thought she was going to do. She argued that the Democrats and Independents and Republicans need to work together to actually solve this issue because this is a, a student issue. This is a teacher issue. It isn't a political issue, not at least for us. I know she doesn't do that other places, but that's what I asked her to do here, and that's what she did. And that's what I'm telling people to do is we need to unify. Um, unfortunately, what you see here, the budget passing today, we're going to still have problems in the fall. And then in you and the public, we're going to still have a teacher shortage. And then again, you and the public are going to go, but we just gave you this money. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I told you guys it wasn't going to fix the problems we're facing in the classroom because issues like you just had me talk about aren't being addressed. The funding that specifically goes to those programs isn't being restored. So if you don't restore our gifted programs, our PE, our special needs programs, our programs that deal with these specific type of kids, you're going to still have those problems. And the funding we're getting just isn't going to be enough to fix those specific issues in the classroom. Reduce class sizes, not going to happen um, because for many different reasons. Um, the resources, not going to happen. It's not, it's not enough money because what what, if you would have fixed those type of things, I think you would have seen a more impact on the teacher shortage on the things that you're hearing people complaining about with discipline. But instead, Noah messed up a little bit and went out on 20% raise, and that's not going to fix any of the issues that the vast majority of teachers are facing in the classroom with high class sizes, lack of resources, and discipline issues in our classroom. Uh, Ralph Quintana is who you're listening to. He's the uh, president of the Arizona Federation of Teachers up in uh, Phoenix right now on KNST AM790. So, listen, you guys have a tough gig. It's hard to judge if teachers do a good job or a bad job, especially, I mean, if there's no parental involvement, if they don't make their kids do work at home, you can't blame the teachers if the kids come in and don't have anything done. And, and I, I totally, totally get that. Um, but there are bad teachers. There are great teachers and they are bad teachers. Um, why aren't teachers evaluated more? I mean, it just stinks because a principal could walk into a class and a teacher could change exactly what they're doing, right? Um, should there not be cameras so teachers can be monitored to see how they do? So we can I, see I, good job I don't mind. Yeah. My, my administrators welcome in my room all the time. Well, can I think he, sometimes, I, because I am ex-military, I think my outlook on teachers, I can tell you I've been in meetings before where I've uh, had to help a teacher out of the profession because maybe teaching wasn't the best for them. Mm-hmm. I've had to, I've had to uh, tell a teacher maybe the demographics of this school, they're not best for you. Maybe you need to go with a little bit, um, a little bit different demographics because you're struggling with the demographics at this school. I think sometimes um, union leaders forget that mm-hmm. within education that maybe this isn't a good fit for everybody. Maybe you need to find that fit for them. And I can tell you as a, as a public school kid myself that grew up in uh, West Phoenix in uh, poor schools, um, I didn't always have the best teachers. And I think my job as a union leader, at least a union teacher leader, is to make sure that I have the best quality teachers that are my members. So if my members aren't doing what they're supposed to do, I feel it's my duty to try to get them to do so. And if they can't, then my job is to help them out of the profession or help them into a school where they can be successful because maybe my school isn't that fit. 
You know, I'm liking a lot that you're saying, uh, Ralph, and uh, and I'm actually a, a bit surprised. I'm glad we can agree on on you know what you know some of the major problems as to why education is not where it needs to be here in Arizona. Um, I'm just want your take too, because you know, listen, I'm a conservative talk show host, and I see some of the things that are done in class. I've had kids, uh, one kid from Sabino High School down here, come to my uh, studio last week and talk about how he was attacked and called names in class because he disagreed with the teacher he said there's a the student told the teacher there's a difference between illegal and legal immigrants and the teacher called him a racist and a bigot and he had all these stories and stuff like that we see nothing i you know do you acknowledge that there is a much more of a liberal slant uh in public schools and I, I would i would acknowledge that you have um teachers that um not as much on the right but uh on the left that are bringing things into the classroom yes. that don't belong in the classroom. And I, I look, okay. I don't want a teacher to go in and say Trump is the greatest of all time because that's not appropriate either. No, it's not. It's not. It's not appropriate on either side. So how can we? That I think that there's big things, man. Teachers should get paid more money. You guys need to be able to kick out the troubled kids and have places for them to go because it takes away from the teachers and the students that want to learn. And on top of that, what you know, you guys want more money from us, the taxpayers. How can we know that kids are not going to be indoctrinated in schools? There becomes our evaluation uh, and how we're evaluated by administrators. Um, I'm a highly performing teacher, so my scores, my results, and things, I'm getting the job done that the public expects me to do. Um, I teach English language arts, so obviously I should not be talking about politics at all because my job is to teach kids how to read and write. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think the problem that the public doesn't understand is our principals can't get into our classrooms as much as they used to for the reasons that I just outlined to you. So in the older days, when I first started teaching back in 2001, um, you, had, uh, you had more funding. So that allowed an administrator to get into the classroom more. You, had, you, had, um, you didn't have the issue with keeping kids in the seat so you could get funding. So they were able to be in the classroom more. Then I would say that you didn't have what I see now, which is a lack of discipline for lack of a better word, it's just gotten worse and worse. Um, we, we aren't effectively intervening with kids, um, and it's making the situation worse. Are you told so, to not do that, or teachers told to not do that for fear of lawsuits? Um, it depends on your district. And, and, um, and one of the things, our legislation that we did, it didn't get carried into the bill, but one of the things we actually looked at, because with dealing specifically, for example, with bullies, um, so oftentimes the, the child that's a bully in an affluent neighborhood will have a parent who's also a bully who's threatening a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Talk to superintendents from affluent districts, and they're very supportive of our legislation on how it specifically protected them against the bully's parents and the lawsuits. So you've got to look at all the factors, okay? So it, And you've got to be able to do what I'm doing right now on your show, which is talk to both sides of the aisle and say, this is how this meets your needs of what you're seeing in your classroom. This is how it meets your needs in, a, in maybe a poorer neighborhood. And that just simply is not getting done. And unfortunately, I see a polarization um, within the teachers' movement, and I think that's one thing since I've been the president that I've tried to do is try to take us more down the middle. I do work, like I said, my executive director is a card-carrying Republican. I send her in as much as possible to talk to Republicans so we can talk to them and talk about what we're doing because it is positive. And don't get me wrong, I endorse primarily Democrats, but it's because they're the ones talking to me. Okay, but I open the door and offer any Republican. We have endorsed them before, and we will continue to do so. As long as you fund education, as long as you're supportive to teachers, 
at least speaking for my union, we are open and we will publicly uh, meet with you. Even though we are affiliated with the AFL-CIO, that doesn't prohibit us from saying you support education, you support your teachers, you support quality education in our schools, so we are going to support you. And I think that's the attitude that we need to have as teachers, and if we did, I think you would see a change both on the public perception of what we're doing in mm-hmm. the classroom and um, a change in the funding because then you guys aren't thinking that we're just having an open hand telling you to give money. As an example, why not, um, why not give the special ed teachers specific money? Because that we're, we're even more short of special ed teachers. And I had um, Senator Burgess and Senator Allen I was meeting with say, well, wouldn't they complain about that? And I said, well, then have those teachers get their special ed certificate and go in the classroom. Because we're dying for special ed teachers, and I'm telling you as a teacher, I don't care if they make more money than me with a special addendum or whatever, because we need those teachers are vital to controlling some of the craziness that's going on in my classroom, and I need more help. So we've got to think outside of the box on how to resolve this issue. I guess that's my frustration with the bill that's going, is that it's not going to fix it. And then in the fall, when we're still short teachers, and when we start losing teachers like we did this year again, you and the public, especially on the right, are going to be like, but we just gave you money. Why didn't yep. they fix it? And, and it's very frustrating for me, unbelievably frustrating, because I'm like, because no one talked to me and talked to my teachers because we would have told you all this. And that is, again, the problem what happens when you have a young kid leading a movement that didn't really know what the message should be. And by the time he listened to what it should be, it was too late. Yep. The public perception was already turned against us. And now we're on this road of what I see is going to be eventual failure. And then we're going to have to re-educate the, the public again next year to say, well, we kind of told you this. It just it was too late. Yeah, you're right. Listen, Ralph, man, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate your, your honesty and your frankness. And I'd love to get you on again in the future, man. Anytime. Just give me a call. You got to Take care. Ralph Quintana, Arizona Federation of Teachers on KNST. Just so you know, you can listen at home by telling Alexa, play KNST on iHeartRadio. Yeah, enjoy the stimulation. Yes, enjoy the stimulation. Hey, what are you doing? Uh, 944, three things I think you need to know. Number one, teachers allegedly or supposedly being told to go back to school. The 23-year-old commie guy. Telling the teacher, ah, go back to school. It's okay. Go back to school on Thursday as long as the budget passes on Wednesday, which is today. So we will see what happens. Second thing that I think you need to know uh, is that we're up to 28. 28 illegal aliens from the caravan have been processed at the San Ysidro port. 28. Man, oh, man, oh, man. And uh, that's from Border Patrol. Hopefully they can hold strong and our laws suck. Uh, Third thing I think you need to know, Rasmussen says... Trump's job approval, 49%. 49%. How about that? Um, despite all the negative stuff jumping at him with this Mueller situation, everything else. By the way, isn't it frustrating as hell that Mueller is threatening, or we, we know this a couple months ago, he threatened Trump's lawyer to subpoena Trump if he wouldn't talk to them in an interview? Yet Hillary, who we know is as crooked and corrupt as the day is long, just, I mean, nothing ever happens. Nothing ever freaking happens. Three things I think you need uh, to know. All right. Um, by the way, I'm getting great uh, feedback from the interview that I had. You can comment if you would like. 880-KNST, 880-5678 about this interview that I had with uh, a union guy. You know, it is nice that we could actually have some common sense talk 
I mean, he was honest about the Carvelis guy, and he said, hey, the young guy got involved. But why? See, that's where I, you know, my spidey sense comes in. And I say, well, how did this guy jump to the front? What propelled him there? Did somebody put him there to do this? Why the hell would all these teachers, all this experience, and they know what the problem is. Listen to this 23-year-old music teacher that uh, is a progressive nut that wants to teach politics in the class. Why would they do that? These are the things we need to ask. Okay? And whatever happened to detention, man? I remember kids used to get in-school suspension. You tell me that the, the, um, the budgets are cut so much that you don't have those things anymore? In-school suspension, out-of-school suspension, detention, that kind of stuff. Whatever happened to that? By the way, that interview, if you missed it or you want to hear it again with uh, Noah uh, Ryan in his infinite fast ways, already put it up at uh, my iHeart page, iHeartRadio.com, search Garrett Lewis. It's already up at KNST.com as well, and I'll stick it on my Facebook page. So there you go. Um, are we jumping that person to the front? Now we'll, okay, well, hang on, we'll see. So we, I always wanted teachers to go first, but we'll, we'll let them wait for just a second as Ryan's continuing to screen. Let's go to John. John, welcome to KNST. Hi. How are you doing? All right, John, what's happening, man? Hey, you know, the guy actually swung me a little bit on my opinion about everything, but there was one thing that I don't know if he really addressed or not, but my daughter, this is about almost a decade ago, but um, she got kicked out of school, and I went to the school to get her schoolwork. It was part of the conference we had about her getting kicked out and everything. Okay. And the school wouldn't um, give out the the, the schoolwork because it was all called in class. And I just thought maybe that's something that is still going on, and maybe that that uh, teacher could explain as to why when you need to get the schoolwork home to do schoolwork with the kids, which parents should do, it was like uh, uh, blown off. So your daughter was suspended, kicked out of school. Kicked out of school and suspended off campus. And you went and said, all right, she's off campus. I get it. She screwed up, but I want to make sure she stays current on her homework and schoolwork. You go to get it, and they wouldn't give it to you? Correct. What I tell them was that they have these little pamphlets, these little um, uh, uh, hangers on the outside their doors. And I said, look, if you drop them off there, I will pick them up every night, and I will take them home, and I will bring them back the next day where they're completed. They said, well, well, we don't do that. And I mean, I actually went to uh, I walked to the school and went to her classes, and um, nothing was ever outside the door. That was like a whole week. I almost did that. Wow! And then with the teacher, um, I mean, was it because realizing? Hang on a second. Was it like because there were notes on a on a chalkboard and nobody could take the notes, or was it just I mean, even homework? She couldn't read the book and do homework assignments. They wouldn't give you any of that. Well, I, no, I, I mean, it That's was uh, junior high school. I mean, pretty much everything is inside the, 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 the um, classroom is what they told me. I'll, I go, well, if she's not doing it in school, how is she supposed to get it done if I can't get it outside of school? Was that TUSD? Yeah, that was just on USD. As a matter of fact, um, the funny thing about it was is that uh, I actually tried to get her removed from the school. I wanted to... Uh, um, put her in a different junior high. The other junior high I took her to said that they couldn't accept her at the grade level uh, that I wanted to retain her at because she did not complete that school year's worth of academics. I mean, she was not 
um, uh, ready to be passed on to the next grade. And the school I took her to said, well, all of that's fall, but the next course you can take. So over the summer, she went to her mom's, and uh, when school started, uh, they asked my ex one question, and the question was, did you do any? Said, yeah, okay, she's in the next grade. Did you do any what? You cut out. You somebody I mean, they told me during hang the on, conference hang on, hang on, hey, that she down. was not slow left down. Uh, slow down, slow down, slow down, just really quick. Tell me you got cut out. They asked your wife. In a lot of different ways. Oh, my God. Did people not freaking hear? <laughs> Hello? Is this on? Hey. Did Rick. Pass on to the oh, my God. John, rate, John, 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 John. Okay, I'm having, I'm not losing my mind. John, <laughs> John, stop talking. That, stop uh, talking. She did some school. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought only women do that. John, are you still there? John. Hang on. No. Okay. You ain't good. I've had enough. All right. This is a stupid thing. <laughs> when people is you know i thought it was just my parents that when they talk the hearing shuts off then i realize it's my five-year-old then it's my in-laws and now it's everybody but me david real quick uh welcome to knst hi david hello uh teacher and cusd um just to say um one the recent issues to hold, uh, from my perspective, it seems like the money's not is going to like districts, and then they have the dis- decision to allocate the money how they want to. So, just for you guys to keep holding people accountable for that, especially in TUSD, Mr. Hicks, who might be listening, that that we you know just need to know where the money is going. To have mm-hmm. people like Ralph Quintano, if I believe if I'm saying his last name Quintana, correctly, Quintana, yeah. I didn't know him anything before. Your interview, and he sounds level-headed because a lot of times here in southern Arizona, well, Republicans are evil. Democrats are the ones that we have to dub, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, having someone like Ralph to come on maybe as a, you know, to get the real scoop about what's going on so the real message gets out. Well, I'm I'm out here as a messenger. I think he gave great ideas. I think we need you you guys as teachers to really start building the case publicly and put pressure on principals and administrators and school boards. Yep. To say we yep. need to have a safe work environment and, the, and what's best for the kids to learn. You know, and all, all we heard again was the Carvelis guy and the teachers screaming like maniacs up in Phoenix and on the street corners of Tucson screaming, give us more money. You know, and that's just not right. Correct. Yes. And, and that's the, uh, the big thing uh, right now, too, is that the discipline definitely across the districts, and I would speak especially in TUSD. Uh, one, our example of behavior is we have students that. Just they, they'll walk out of class or they won't go to class. They're on campus. We're in a little bit maybe open environment where it's not just like... You know what? Uh, hang on, hang on. I'm running short on time. Can we... Yep. You know, you have examples of major discipline problems and how TUSD doesn't resolve them. Can we get you on tomorrow to talk about that? Yes. Hang on for me. I have Ryan. Just stay on hold for me. Don't go anywhere. Because uh, I, I want to I hear more of these discipline problems. I've called for it all show long. We've heard some things. I want to get to that coming up because we need to solve this. You want kids to be better educated? Got to get the good ones in there and the bad ones gone. We'll continue on KNST. Station. This is a Fox News alert. A military plane crashes near Savannah. I'm Lisa Brady. It's not known yet how it happened. Fox's Evan Brown has more live. Yeah, Lisa, the Air Force confirms a C-130 from the Air National Guard did crash shortly after taking off 
from Savannah Hilton Head International Airport in Georgia. The emergency response is still underway. Numerous photos tweeted by witnesses show a thick black plume of smoke rising up over the airport. One picture was taken close enough to clearly see the airport, the aircraft's tail wreckage. The FAA says five crew were on board. No word on their conditions. The flight was headed to Arizona, specifically Davis-Monthan Air Force Base, which is just outside Tucson, Lisa. Thanks, Eben. Meantime, a Southwest Airlines flight is forced to make a diversion, though this appears to be unrelated to the deadly engine failure last month. Fox's Jeff Manasso has this live. Lisa, Southwest Airlines Flight 957 from Chicago to Newark was diverted to Cleveland after a mid-flight window issue. Pictures hitting social media appear to show a cracked window uh, that is now being looked at. We're told the pilots did not declare an emergency, that the aircraft maintained pressurization, no injuries. Though this just two weeks after another Southwest plane was forced to land in Philadelphia after an engine explosion and blown out window, a woman was partially sucked out of that window and killed. Lisa. Thanks, Jeff. Just getting word that President Trump's in-house counsel on the Russia probe, Ty Cobb, is retiring at the end of May, and he's being replaced by Emmett Flood, who represented former President Bill Clinton during his impeachment. Also, late word in Philadelphia, the two black men arrested at a Starbucks after not ordering anything have reached a settlement with the city, which agrees to pay them a symbolic $1 each and to set up a $200,000 entrepreneur program for public high school students in Philly. Fox News, fair and balanced.